right, welcome. Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers out there. And you'll be happy to know my partner Jack is fighting through that flu that's a bug that's been going around like crazy, but he's so nice that he hasn't sharing it with all of us. But he is sharing his presence and his time with us. He's here on the phone with us. Good evening, Jack. How are you feeling? Adam, right now, how, how would I describe how I'm feeling? I'll just say because I'm a positive guy. I'm feeling wonderful. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> well, Even now, this, whatever's running through me has been running through it for a better part of, uh, well, almost a week. And I know where all those germs came from, Adam. Every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> yeah. came from the airport. <laughs> that airport. I was just reading an article where airports are the germiest places in the world. So anyway. All right. Well, anyway. that's all right. You're, so, fight, you're fighting through it. That's right. All you, that's everybody out there. That's for anything. No, no, no. We got Valentine's Day today, and we got the start of Lent, too, for all you Christians out there. Ash Wednesday. <laughs> so if you haven't gone out and get your dirt on your forehead, make sure you do that. It's a good place to start and kind of move along as well. So we got a, we got a great show for you here tonight. Um you know, our line's booked up all night, so you can't call us to get in here unless you call Jack's cell phone. So those of you who know Jack can feel free to call his cell phone, but I'm not going to give that over the air. But uh, you can always get to us, too, through uh, through email, which is radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can tweet at us, uh, maximum, or at MaximumVP, at JackMMVP, or at Adam Sunhalter. But we got a great show for you tonight. We're going to go through and talk about, as you know, we highlight some of the things we've been doing during the course of the week in terms of some of the themes that come out from our client meetings just the past few days. And a, a really consistent theme here this week has been, how do I work through people? So that might sound kind of silly. That sounds like a pretty simple process. <laughs> well, you would think, and, and, and one of the first things that, that Jack and I have all of our clients do is we give them a simple little org chart, organization chart, that shows the different parts of the, of the company. And we have different kind of boxes that are there. And we ask the owner to start filling in names in those boxes. And it's amazing that it, you know, almost everybody, when they fill this thing out, it seems like about 85 to 90% of the boxes have the owner's name in the boxes. You know, so that'd be, that, that's true whether they've got one employee, eight employees, or, or 50 employees. The owner's name seems to be dominating most of those boxes. Absolutely crazy how that how that works. But you know why that is. They, they, being the owners, probably have never thought seriously about creating responsibility in a visual form like that. So all of a sudden they're pressed to do it, and, and they don't know. They they don't know how. I mean, everyone everyone just ends up in the all the activities end up in the same couple of boxes. And the owner's name is there. Well, that's not necessarily true, but that's what happens. I agree, hundred percent. That's that's what uh, uh, you know. That, that's what working through people means. I mean, an awareness first of all. What what work is going on here, and who's doing it? Right. That's right. It often happens. It's not necessarily planned out that way. Because typically, what happens, as we know, Jack, when people will start a company. They tend to start it around uh, you know, an area where they have a lot of expertise as it relates to the product or service. And so they, they get it started there. They may have a customer or two to kind of start out. And some of the administrative things are pretty simple. 
So you know, you know, you got to send some 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 invoices out to bill people, collect some money, uh, maybe pay some taxes. Yeah, you, know, you have a, you have a few things here and there, but they're they're more spotty, and you kind of learn as you go. But they aren't necessarily a big thing. So, you know, and most owners tend to be pretty frugal, especially when they're starting out. They've got some limited funds; they don't want to be spending you know, money unnecessarily. And so, you know, as it kind of grows over the over the, the the early months and maybe even the early years. They aren't necessarily tapping into people that way, and, and they're often very slow to bring people on board. You know, and in fact, one of the things we find is they typically tend to hire the first people, people that they tend to bring on are folks who are either related to them by blood or darn near that, where they're really good friends that they kind of bring them in to help out with some stuff. And so, you know, it kind of starts that way, and and then you know, as you continue to fast forward, you know, from from the first few months to the first several years. And I've got six or eight or ten employees. Well, that mindset maybe hasn't changed as much, or the the owners so used to kind of doing all these things, and they often don't realize until they they go through the simple process of trying to write down who's doing what, that it becomes so apparent to them that hey, wait a minute, I'm doing so many things, and they get you know often the the list can be dozens and dozens of things that are going on. I say, look, we've got you know eight employees here. Let's start to be able to kind of have them help you. Not necessarily do all these things, but again, one thing at a time to kind of peel things off to free the owner up a little bit. So that's yeah. that's a big part of what we spend time doing, and so you know, we've seen it with very small companies. We've seen it with, with with bigger companies, and the way we we often will counsel people, we try to keep things simple. That's a big that's a big calling card for what we do in terms of our coaching is we try to keep things very simple. And again, we always want to reinforce to not confuse simple with easy. So the simple part here is is to keep the owner's job description to three simple words. And those words are not do, 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 which is usually where they're starting from. And we had one this, you know, we had a newer client that, that, that just started, and and uh, the answer I got on that one was billing. Banking and business—that was the answers. That was the the three words. So the the triple B's, right? That delves into the I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> That's what it delves into. So that was. Uh, remember the movie? I think it was The Wedding Planner. Maybe I'm wrong with that. With Will Ferrell and uh, Owen. Oh, The Wedding uh, Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Yeah, sure. The Wedding Crashers. Yeah. I just. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just muted. I just muted a few seconds ago and yelled into the other room to, uh, you know, get, get a cup of tea, and and it just made me think when he's screaming <laughs> for the meatloaf. Ma, meatloaf. Fast enough. Mom, where's the meatloaf? That was funny. That was, but that is exactly what it just made me think of when I did that. Nice. So, I'll probably get it delivered to me over my head. That's. So. That's right. We'll have to welcome Alice onto the air. That's it for taking care of you. I'm sure. I'm sure you're an easy patient, Jack. I'm sure you're very. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're very. You're very diligent, and you're very compliant. You probably don't complain at all. I'm sure you're a very good patient. I'm very positive about that. About right. that too. That's right. I sleep like a baby. There you I'm go. Sure I no complaints ever. That's right. That's right. So. Let me let me come back. So so our three word description. I know we've got people waiting on the edge of their seat here, and if they've listened to the to, to, to the show before, they may have a sense for it. But it's funny because we test our clients on this too, and it often doesn't sink in right away. So 
I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it quickly, then I'll slow it down again and say it again. It's plan, direct, control. Three words. Plan. Starts with the plan. What's the plan? That's that's one of our favorite questions we ask our clients: is what's the plan? And if you own a company, the plan, and we educate them to that. But go on. All right. And if you own a company, that should be one of your favorite go-to phrases when you're talking to your people. What's the plan? That that's almost never the wrong question to ask somebody. What's the plan? All right. And it's incumbent on you to make sure you have the answers to that question. That you can direct your employees with it. Then you're on the high road and everyone's going to pay attention. If you don't know and you're asking them just to bust butt, then that's a whole different negative uh, situation. Well, you're hitting on a point, Jack, which is what we usually find, which is there there is no plan. Or there, there, there rarely is a plan. So if you don't have the plan, which is the first one, you know, numbers two and three can't happen. And so... <laughs> To your point, if I'm asking someone what the plan's going to be, either I hear a plan that sounds good and I say, that sounds great, let me know what what I can do to help you execute that. If I don't hear a plan, okay, let's figure out what the plan should be. Let me help you figure it out. That's going to get a plan down that we can agree upon that makes sense. But getting the plan down, you know, and, and plan sounds really complex sometimes. I know when we first started doing this coaching thing 15 years ago, Jack, we 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 we, we I think we, we we put a ban on that word for a while, didn't we? Didn't we? I think we we were afraid to we scare did, people away. We were we were copying the academia academia approach and have multiple multiple sections and complex business terms and and you know people faced with that daunting task just weren't going to do it. So they farmed it out to have somebody else do it, and it defeats the whole purpose. Right. We we are big, big, big advocates of simple to understand and simple to do. There's a finite number of of issues that can be incorporated into a very effective plan, and that's what we teach you. So if you have that, and your employees are basically, uh, you know, basically understanding that, they then have their plans emanating from that, and that's how it works. So a very, very simple example, just to reinforce this I mean, before we, we, we move on to the second point, but the, the plan could be as simple as today. What's the plan for today? And if you're in production, it could be as simple as, hey, the plan today is to get these three, these three batches done before the end of the day. And you can give a charge to your team, say, hey, you know, the, the, we aren't leaving today until these, you know, these three jobs are done. So if these three jobs are done by 1 o'clock, guys, you guys can take off. You know, all those are done and done right. If it takes us till 10 o'clock tonight, then we're going to be here at 10 o'clock tonight, guys. But here's the plan as far as what we have to get done that we promised to get done today. And so it can be it can be that simple. And that's why it doesn't have to be more complex than that to make sure that we're... But the key is that we're focused. Because if, if my idea is that the plan is getting these three jobs done, and Jack, your idea was, well, no, it's not just those three. I wanted these other two as well. Well, if, you know, for, by us just simply talking about it first thing in the morning, I know that our plans are not, are, are not in sync. And I get that corrected before I go and execute what I think is a great plan. And you're saying, wait a minute, you're, you're missing... You know, you're missing uh, 40% of the plan here. You only did three out of five. So it helps to make sure that we're on the same page very quickly and doesn't have to be that complex, belabored planning part. But again, what's the plan for today is a great, great place to start. And if you're an owner, you should have that. Because we used to joke back in the day, too, and this is still the case. The way that plans often get set for an owner of a small company is who's calling first? So the first person to call in the morning starts to set their plan for the day and it becomes very reactionary and that is so hard and so difficult to get out of that mode as far as what's kind of going on so what if, what if they push back and say hey 
you know, I, I'm not, uh, I didn't come in here ready to do three batches today. We get two and start the third, and I'll, I'll consider that a good day. What do you do, Adam? Well, let's figure out a way we can get that third one done. Tell me why we can't get that get that third one done, Jack. What's going on? No, and I go home for Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, you tell your sweetheart it's going to be what you're doing for her for Valentine's Day is you're making sure you do a great job at work and you're staying employed so you can buy her all that great stuff that she likes, Jack. Oh, that's a tough line. That's a tough <laughs> line. Sure, I'm yeah. glad you got a job with a finger point in the chest. Uh, not so much that, but hey, we, uh, there was somehow, somehow we got we uh, misunderstood each other somewhere along the way. We'll have to correct that as we continue to kind of go forward. That's why we're doing these these daily touches, Jack, to make sure that we aren't mis, uh, misunderstanding each other on different wavelengths from that standpoint. So it's very important mm-hmm. from that standpoint. All right, so yeah, yeah go on. No, so, so 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 we got our plan part down, and, and, and plan again. It's a simple thing, but it's a key thing, and it all starts there because if we aren't doing the planning part. And again, when we go into companies, and we'll often hear this, and and uh, we may come back to this after, after the break, what I usually hear is we don't have time for it. We don't have time to plan. And so we'll touch on that in terms of why the planning part can really help give that time to you that, that you're so desperately looking for. So, all right, stay tuned. When we come back, we're talking a little more about how do I work through people. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We'll see you at the top of the break. You got to stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Back at it live here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome on a nice Valentine's Day here. My partner Jack is a bit under the weather, but he's a true trooper and he's online with us here on the phone. How you feeling, Jack? Feeling much better, and that's that Valentine thing. I think that's what does it. There you go. Lift the spirit, no matter what. Figures Wouldn't e- miss that for anything. Figures either that or the hot tea or the smack upside the head from Alice. One of those is going to be doing it for you. That's, that's good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's how it could work. <laughs> All right, so we're talking tonight about how do I work through people, and we were kind of doing a little bit of framing in the first part of this in terms of how to start to, 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 to plan stuff. Plan is is the first of a three-word job description for the owners, and we talked a little bit about samples of ways to kind of get those plans down. And as we're heading to break, I talked about the, 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 the often the pushback that, that, that Jack and I will hear from, from an owner is I don't have time to plan. And so we start very simply, like we did as we were giving the example before, start with a plan for the day you know, and, and get into the rhythm and, and the habit of doing that. But it's amazing what some good planning will do will help to make sure things work better, that we don't have those miscommunications going on where one of us thinks we're doing a bang-up job and the other one thinks we're, we're only doing half the job. And so it's getting everything on the, on the same page, but it, it all starts with a plan. If we get a plan down that we, we, we can agree upon, we can then move to that second step of, in terms of what their job description is, which is to direct. So directing the activity. So the visual we often like to use to, to, to describe this is if you can picture the conductor of an orchestra. Here she is up in front of the, in front of the orchestra and you know, waving the magic wand and, 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 and moving the group together and the, you know, give some, you know, some more direction over here to the left. You know, I, I need some more percussion over here to the right, some of the, wood, you know, the woodwinds over here, whatever it might be. But you know, everybody knows what we're trying to do. We're on the same sheet of music, so on that same plan, trying to do it all together and make sure we can direct all the activity. 
So direction is, is a big sort part. Of like, is that sort of like flunk your magic twanger, Froggy? <laughs> what, what's that from? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Is, is, is that allowed on today's radio? I don't know. Maybe. It's, well, it's on there now, so that's all right. Yeah, I wonder what a twanger is. But that's all right. I don't know. Musical, musical connotation, I'm sure. All right. Well, that sounds like a twang, right? That's uh, we got twang for the southern drawl too. That's always good. So, <laughs> so we got to direct the activity, and that's where that's where uh, folks often will will go wrong. It's in terms of kind of directing what's kind of going on to make sure that they they have what they need. And so it, it, it was funny, Jack. You know, you know, uh, we see this all the time, not only in business. We also see it when it comes to folks doing volunteer stuff. And it becomes so difficult at times to, to have people step forward to lead groups or, or, or to lead organizations. And I think a big reason for that is, is what we're talking about here tonight, which is most people see that. And if, if I accept the role as, as the president of whatever organization, that means I've accepted the role of doing everything. And it's absolutely incorrect. But that's how it seems to be modeled by many of these folks leading organizations. So we see it in not only in the, in the for-profit world of business, but we also see it in the non-profit world or the volunteer world. But why, why is that, Adam? Because people... I don't think people, people uh, don't feel, especially the non-profit, that they have that obligation to perform as extensively as in a for-profit job. So the owner, president, whoever, you know, is in charge of that organization is very much uh, aware of that. So he or she backs off and starts to do the work themselves rather than keep pushing it through to the troops. Yeah, they, they, they push somebody out of the way and feel they have, a, they have the, the, the better way of doing things or that they can do it faster than somebody else. But it's often that they, they aren't focused on the plan part of this. You know, using this, this simple formula of plan, direct, control has helped me with numerous nonprofit stuff that I've been involved in you know, from, a, from a leadership standpoint. And to be able to make sure that it's not just me, because to me, that's always the best place to be. If you're, if you're the one in charge, you know, if you're the president of the organization, and you've got a good team who are good and capable, because typically there's some good, capable people that, who are there, but they're just waiting for a little bit of, you know, what's the plan, and, and then give them some direction. And the key is, with good people, you got to let them go. You know, you, again, we, if, we, if, we, if we agree upon a plan, get it laid out, and we know what we, you know, we here's what the goals are going to be, you give a little bit of direction, have them feed back to you what the plan's going to be and present to you a little bit. Okay, if, if, if it sounds good, hey, let me know what I can do to help out. You know, you know if, if you need me to ha- have some discussions with the, w- with somebody or to kind of move things along, invite people to be part of the team, whatever it might be, let me know what I can do to help, but let me get out of your way. And that's what you want to be able to do to, you know, it, it, when we say work through people, you got to let them take ownership of it that way. And, and you got to be able to direct the activity, but not, you know, let's not confuse direction with uh, one of the terms we hear a lot, Jack, which is to micromanage. So don't, so you, know, you don't want to be micromanaging people where you're, you're there all the time and it's always becoming your ideas and your way of doing things. Because, again, one of the things that we, we talk about, too, and it's one of those dirty secrets, okay? So uh, owners do not always have the answer. Now, they'll usually give you an answer because 
they you know they, they may be best informed or you know they, you know that's what the, the the way they've been kind of brought up but the owner doesn't always have the, have the answer or have the best answer so if you're tapping into your team you can see what your team's looking to be able to do your team can do a great job and bring in different ideas and then they they own it cuz it's their plan it's easier for somebody to you know it's easier for me to own my plan than it is to own your plan jack because it's my plan i take you know i, I take ownership from just the fact that it's mine not yours but you know, you have to have some experience in that. You have to. You just can't tell somebody that this is your. This is what I want you to do, and I need a plan. And expect to get a plan without a lot of discussion. And ultimately, that discussion is going to come back to slowly and incrementally. You start taking on more of the the work of the plan. Your experience has to understand that. And then if you don't, before you know it, you find out you're, you're the one who's battled with all the work. That's what happens more often than not. Not so much as deviation, it's just people don't know how to do stuff on both ends. So that's, that's a real challenge. And becoming aware of it is the first step. Because then you can. Then you can do the directing part, which is key and vital. How else can they direct anybody without a plan? I don't know. And if they don't know, who knows? What are we doing? That's why there's so many, so many, uh, let's say, challenging outcomes that uh, are yet to be realized with many, many small nonprofits, especially, but even small businesses as well. Well, yeah, we see, yeah, we see it a lot. Maybe we should, we should relabel or rename this, this, yeah. this, uh, this episode, how to work through good people. Because right, if you have good people, they're able to handle this stuff. You know, you know, if if you have bozos, you can't really fix bozos, right? I think that's to your point, Jack. If you have some good people, and most most companies have some good people, and it's it's often amazing to us that folks aren't sure how to be able to do this. But it starts with the plan, as you said. It's assuming we get a plan now that makes sense. The direction again, it's for me to to direct the activity to make sure things are getting done or that they've they've got what they need. But not to get in the way, and and and, and too many owners, uh, the, instead of being the, the the direction of stuff as far as the the D part of plan direct control, they're often very disruptive, which is exactly what they don't want to be, and they often don't intend to be, but because they're the owner, and when they start to say stuff, it can be very very disruptive to what's trying to be accomplished. So you don't want to be disruptive. You want to be somebody who's directing the activity, and being helpful for your team. That's how you start to work through it, and you avoid being the one doing everything. Because I'll tell you what, if if, if I had to go through that and, and be the one doing everything, I wouldn't be stepping up for leadership roles either. I'd be, hey, I'd be stepping in the corner, you know, keep me away. Who has time to do everything? But with good people, it's amazing what you can accomplish as a team. So that's a little bit about the directing piece. And the last piece, um, you know, this may sound bad, but the, the, the control piece, okay, so we aren't talking about uh, what did you have in Star Trek, Jack? Why yeah, did yeah, that yeah. sound bad? Why did that sound well, bad? Well, control. Like, I don't want you controlling me, right? You know, I want to be free. We live in a free country here, Jack. I'm, I'm thinking of is it like a mind meld control, something from Star Trek, something like that. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about you know, what's coming to mind there. <laughs> so people don't want to be controlled, per se. So the, the control part comes through a couple of things. First is a series of, of, of well-run meetings, and second is through different types of reports. So if, you're, if, you, have, if you have well-run meetings, it's, it's easy to, to start to control things. 
if if nothing else, what meetings do is they help set deadlines for getting stuff done. And Jack, we see this day in and day out with our clients, right? We we meet our clients either every week or every couple weeks, and it's 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 very often if I'm meeting with somebody on Tuesday afternoon, they say, "Hey, I I, I just completed my homework this morning or last night." Our response to that is, "Hey, you know what? That's okay because if we hadn't been meeting this afternoon." you probably would have pushed it off and done something else instead. So the, the, those meetings help to kind of force and, and, and create deadlines and help to move things along. And yeah, they got to be committed to, they got to be disciplined, they got to have an agenda that's relatively short, and it's kept religiously. So I know every Tuesday at 8.30, I have a meeting that's going to last an hour, 45 minutes, or a half hour. And I know I can get out of that meeting, or will be out of it, at 9 o'clock sharp. Now we, we have something serious going on. And yes. that eliminates that eliminates tremendously the the comments about what so many people talk about in their businesses is that they're never communicated to. And that's because things are always changing, meetings aren't conducted well, the agendas aren't well, uh, people don't take them seriously, they don't show up, they don't commit. Those are the things that that uh, you know prohibit basically the kind of control that we're talking about here. Yes, we are. Let, let me cut you off. We're heading into break here. We'll talk more about the control on the other side of our break, so stay tuned. We'll keep talking about how do you work through good people, Jack. That's the one we're talking about. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're good people, that's for sure. And happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. All right. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 a.m., 101.5 FM and online at WINTradio.com. All right, we're back at it live here on Happy St. Valentine's Day. we got a beautiful day here in Northeast Ohio, and we're loving it. Is it is beautiful, isn't it? It Sunny is. And, and everything you ever wanted in weather in one day. <laughs> that's pretty good that's a fantastic thing it's a good good break and good for us up here in the north to get a thought out for a few days i'm sure we'll have some more winter storms coming but that's neither here nor there we've got some great stuff we're talking about tonight in terms of how do you work through people which we've kind of adjusted here a little bit in the last segment to how do you work through good people and we're just getting started on the on the third piece of the owner's job description first is a plan next is direction and then the last part was control and we were talking about some meetings, and, and, and we were just finishing up on some of those thoughts, Jack, when we, went, when we went to break, but how important meetings are to be committed to and to be structured and staying to it. So if it's a half-an-hour meeting, you know, I'm out of there in a half an hour at the worst. I'm out of there in 20 minutes, you know, if it's running well. But to keep them on time and keep them focused, and it creates some great communication. And coming back to one of the pushbacks we get, time. They don't have time for meetings. And our, our view is that you have plenty of time because if you do meetings and do them well, People are very well informed, and a big thing that goes away is interruptions. Because if, if Jack, if you and I are having a daily touch meeting for five minutes, most everything that I need to tell you can usually wait 24 hours. You know, short of, a, sure. of the building Absolutely. actually burning, I can, you know, things can usually wait. But if I don't know when I'm going to see you or talk to you next, and I don't want to forget to tell you something, well, I'm going to probably text you. Or call you. I won't email you because that's not good. Not a good way to get a, get a hold of you. But I, you know, I'll probably text you or, or call you and say, hey, Jack. By the way, this happened, right? And you know, you're doing something, right? You're not just sitting there waiting for my text or my phone call. You're doing something else. So here I am interrupting you, 
particularly if I'm the boss, okay, you're stopping everything you're doing, dropping everything you're doing because the boss is calling, all right? And so maybe what you're working on, it's a picture you get a handful of those during the course of the day from me, from somebody else. And now what would take you normally a half an hour to get done, you're half a day through it and you still aren't done with the thing because you've been, you've been starting and stopping all the time. And so time gets created by things like that because, again, people become more efficient and better what they're doing. The communication's better. And we aren't constantly having to interrupt each other with these unplanned interruptions you know, because it, it can be very, um, very debilitating to an organization to have the constant interruption like that, especially if the owner, the boss, is the one who's one of the biggest offenders of that. And that's common well, that's in the case. The perfect, that's the perfect example of people not knowing what they don't know. They don't know how to conduct a good meeting, put it in place, and sustain it. So they don't do it well, and they avoid it. They don't know what questions to ask about how to do it. They, they don't see it. The people who work for them generally don't see it. So it's never done. Meetings continue to be bad for the most part. Inefficient, uh, scattered, no real agenda, running over time, this kind of stuff. Yes, yes it is. So that's, that's a big deal. That's why this stuff doesn't work so often. Uh, the answers are very simple. To have a, a smooth information flowing company with everybody understanding the big pictures every day uh, is not hard to attain at all. It really isn't. Very easy to obtain. So, so one, of the, one of the other key components to control, the, the meetings is a big part, but the second part is, is reporting and, and being able to get information. And so... Uh, people, uh, one of the popular phrases these days is 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 uh, another three-letter acronym, KPIs. KPIs stand for, what do you remember those stand for, Jack? No. The, 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 that's corporate talk, right? Key performance indicators, KPIs. It's it's these little uh, things that you track, and, and depending on your company, maybe things you're tracking on a, uh, a minute-by-minute or an hourly basis or a daily basis or weekly basis, but they're, they're key things that help. You know, think about going yep. into a doctor, and when, when you go into the doctor, typically every, every doctor visit is going to include what? You're going to include taking your temperature, they're going to take your weight, they're going to they're gonna check your ears, they're, they're going to check your heart, they're going to check your, your, your pulse ox. I mean, again, there's a, there's, a, there's a list of things that, that they do to kind of, again, start and, and, and know that, hey, you know, if something's wrong with one of these, i got to, you know, investigate a little further. If all six or eight of these seem okay, okay, overall... You're, you know, things are okay, and then, then we, we, we can try to deal with something else. But they have a way of kind of doing that. Same kind of thing is true for your business. So what kind of reports or, or, or things are you looking at on a regular basis aside from, you know, just being there? Because just being there doesn't give you that same visibility, as silly as that might sound. Well, you know, the, the, again, the education of, of people through that. You, you also you have to have these key measurements. You, you have to, or else what do you have? How do you direct and, and control a company or, or the activity of people? They have to be measured against some progress. And without those, a control feature is very, very difficult. It's, it's not impossible. So how do you set these parameters? You know, we had a very interesting client here, uh, still have them, uh, which we went to last week. And they spent all morning, you know, six hours at least, presenting their plans. And there are a lot of KPIs 
that were mentioned there. And another language, too. I can't remember what the other language were, but they were being thrown out like thrown out like, like dollar bills out of a car window. There was literally, literally, I could count at least 40, maybe 50, maybe more, in which each manager was talking about things that he was going to use to or, or do to improve his operation. And, you know, they, they, they were excited about him and they want to be excited about him. Now the tough work comes. Excuse me. Now the tough work comes in which they have to recap these. Let's just say for sake of discussion, there is a cumulative total of 60 of these. Okay, these 60 have to be summarized by some categories, and those categories are going to be reported on on a regular basis. And the manager who talked about those has to be able to talk as we move forward month after month how he or she is progressing against these. And that's how you get things done versus how you don't get things done is talk about these things. Don't keep track of them. Next meeting, add another 15 of them. And all of a sudden you got more great ideas for, for performance and nobody's keeping track of them and it's hit and miss whether or not you're going to get anything. That is a, a recipe for disaster and very poor communication, very poor, poor uh, management technique. Well, one of the one of the first controls we look at, Jack, because we know that it should be part of every every organization, okay, which is the financial statements. So, the, and, and every first meeting we have with with, with a new coaching, with a new coaching client, we have them bring their latest profit loss statement and their latest balance sheet. Why? Because from a control standpoint. These documents are designed to give you a good overview of everything going on in your business. And if you understand what they say, and if they're good financials, where they're clean, they have everything in there, you'd be amazed at how much you can see from what many people just think about looking at a bunch of numbers, can tell you a great, great story about how your business is doing. And that is one area that, again, pretty much every company has some sort of financial statements. Even if they, even if they're doing just a simple little spreadsheet or something to start with, you know, if they're early on, quite a few of them have QuickBooks. The the challenge we see, we've talked about this numerous times, you know, on the show, but you know, I'll, I'll repeat it again here, which is often those books don't, in the owner's mind, reflect the reality of what they see day to day in terms of their business. Because it was set up by, a, by an accountant who was trying to figure out the easiest way to gather information to put it into a tax filing. And so it's kind of more geared towards that and, the, and an ease of use from, a, from, a, from a, you know, a CPA standpoint as opposed to what it's designed for is to help give the management some insight into what's going on. And so we spend a lot of time, especially early on with, with, with most of our clients, helping to get their kind of books in shape, so to speak, to kind of help them, help them reorganize those so they can start to see their business, their activities going through there because it's a very, very powerful report. And we, you know, once we get into the rhythm of that, to be reviewing those every month to see how you're doing in terms of your profit and loss, in terms of your balance sheet, and understanding what's there and not just a bunch of numbers on a piece of paper. 
It's a fantastic way to help to, to control what's going on as part of your business and knowing what's going on as part of your business. That's very true. Well, let me come back to those other KPIs, though. Without somebody putting a lasso around those and basically um, reporting on them on a regular basis, I guarantee you they'll disappear. And more will be made. Uh, more will, will be added to the list if there is an even if there is even a list. And worse yet, if they do have a list, then nobody accounts for it. But what it does, it it conditions everybody to not be careless with boastful. Hey, I can do this. I want to do this, and those things are okay, as long as you've thought it out. You're going to be willingly held accountable for that, and you're going to report against it going forward. If it's a good idea and you've got profit numbers and expectations, those things should be measured and reported on. Not nothing, not crickets. And how often is that the case? Come June, July, hey, what happened in that January uh, profit plan uh, presentation where you had uh, 32 items that you were going to, what are those? Yeah, I don't know, you know, it just blah, 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 drifts off. That's what gives meetings bad reports versus, hey, here's the 32. I'm ahead on these. These I didn't start. I was overambitious, blah, 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 you know. And it's a summary report that, that lasts five minutes. And if we want to get into detail, we have it offline and set another meeting up exclusively for that. So let me, let me, not hard. Let, not hard. Let me paint a quick visual, Jack, in terms of why these are so important and to, to try to tap into the owner's mindset here as i said before one control should not be just you being there and having a pulse on things what, what these reports are designed to do is designed to give you visibility of what's going on in your business no matter where you are in the world and given technology today you can be anywhere in the world traveling for business traveling for personal reasons being at home if you're sick in bed whatever it might be and be able to, to tap in and, and see what's going on without physically physically being there that's you know that could be very very powerful and we've seen it happen all the time you know we, we, we had a client who was doing this and was managing a company from a couple thousand miles away and was able to to, to, to find somebody stealing from him by watching his margins and put in some cameras was able to see that you know people who were stealing from him because they understood and, and they're able to manage by looking at the numbers and know what they're looking at it's a very very powerful tools to make sure you're managing your business and not having to physically be there all the time it's a fantastic that's right. thing that's, that's how it should be that's and it's, it's really the solution is quite simple Communication enhanced is done through planning, directing, and controlling, and a little bit of discipline, a little bit of forethought. Evolve the kind of reports you want with the team, and all of a sudden, voila, everything is right in place that you're looking for. All right. All right, we have, we have our last break of the show coming up here, Jack. It's, it's amazing. We spent 40 minutes talking about plan, direct control as the answer for how to work through people. We've got some other some other ideas and answers here as well. well. We'll touch on as we get here to our last segment. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are on this St. Valentine's Day, the same business coaches we were before St. Valentine's Day. <laughs> All right. And pleasurable and knowledgeable. Stay so we enjoy being with you guys. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 
101.5 FM and online at wintradio.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back for our last segment here on St. Valentine's Day of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Continues to be the fastest hour on radio, folks, and the fastest 50 minutes in the potosphere. Welcome back. Jack, how are you doing? You're holding up well for, for, for being under the yeah, weather. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm trying to figure out that fastest hour on radio. we got to find out who's number second and third, and then take them on. That's all right. We're going to be the yeah. We got claimed to that to that first spot, and we're doing we're doing great and enjoying it. So we only got we only got about you know eleven minutes here in our last segment. We're going to go through and touch on some other areas. We've been talking tonight about how to work through people, particularly working through good people. So you, as the owner, the leader of the organization, you aren't the one having to do everything. And we spent the first three quarters of our show talking about three simple words: plan, direct, and control. And so if you miss any part of the show. You know, get you know, download our podcast. You can do that on iTunes. You go to WINT Radio and take a look in the archive shows and go back and listen to the show. Some good stuff in there to help you understand how, with a good plan that everybody buys into and is on the same page with, with some good direction and some good controls in place in terms of meetings and, and reports, that can help tremendously in terms of being able to work through these good people. So a couple of things that I wanted to kind of hit on. Let me kind of throw a couple of things out here, Jack, and I'll, I'll have you jump in too to kind of give some examples. So one of the things that we like to have people do is present. And we, we have something that we coach on called our seven keys to success. And the, 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 the seventh key, which is often overlooked or underestimated, which is, but may in fact be the most important one, is presenting. So presenting is very, very key. And also asking questions. So um, as the owner, you want your people as much as possible presenting to you. Now, Presenting again, much like we like I mentioned earlier, Jack, when we, 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 we kind of had a ban on the word plan early on in our in our coaching life because you know it kind of gave up gave people the wrong image. Uh, I think presenting might give people the wrong image as well. Presenting is really you know people being able to explain how they how they think, how they've came to con- to a conclusion on something, and so very simply picture somebody with a with a marker in front of a whiteboard or in front of a flip chart trying to explain an idea to you, to present that way. Not a bunch of PowerPoint slides or deck slides kind of going up there to have people kind of go through. But again, getting up there and, 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 and seeing how they think, how they approach a situation, will tell you a lot about that person, Jack, don't you think? It'll, it'll certainly tell you about their depth and their awareness. You know, when I say depth, uh, management experience, being exposed to different types of presentations with, with uh, different types of people and companies. And, uh, you know, you draw from all those experiences. And you learn as you're reflecting on, on these presentations that you're watching and trying to put them together yourself. You're reflecting on, geez, how can I make my presentation better? How can I do that? What's my objective here? Well, I have this this series of three, four objectives that I want to make sure my my audience hears. And I don't need to have pages of PowerPoint being read. Oh my God! You know, just you got you got to make the point. Bullet points, two, three words, and then you talk off of those two, three words, and you show a little excitement, and you move around, and you get the people kind of. Uh, um, 
interested and having fun. That's how you present. It's you know, it's not, it's not, it's not something that comes easy for many people. But once you do it, and you start to do it again and again, you shock yourself at how good you are. Boy, that Adam's a great presenter. You know that? Why? Well, you know, I don't know. He's, he does this and this and this. No, no, he doesn't talk too much. That's why. That's good. No, that's why he's good. <laughs> he doesn't use he doesn't use PowerPoint slides. You know, it's funny. Uh, you're referencing you know uh, a client we were at recently where we spent a day with them, kind of going through their their, their planning and having the top the, the top executives and, the, and leadership team present. And one of the things that we told the owner the, the day before, which is always true when you have you know, when you have pe- people presenting, is you're going to have surprises, both positive surprises as well as negative surprises in terms of if you had to kind of guess who would present well or not present well. You know, it's not too dissimilar from uh, from you know all you know. We always use the, the example of our our beloved Cleveland Browns here, Jack. Or they keep on screwing stuff up when it comes to drafts in the, in the past years where you look at all these things, you do all these tests and studies, and you're trying to project how somebody's going to do in the NFL. Well, you're trying to project how your team's going to do, how they're going to present their, their piece of the pie. And it never, it never fails. You always have people that you, you never thought were going to be that good that just absolutely blow you away. And folks you thought were, were just fantastic that just disappoint you in terms of how they present stuff. So it can, it can right. tell you a lot about them. And, again, you know, you, I think we probably most of us know this from going back to our grade school days when you had to give up in, you know, or in a high school and doing speech classes. You can't BS your way through it you know, if you're going to do a two-minute or three-minute speech. You had to know that material. You had to, you had to own it. You can't, you can't just go up there and BS your way through a presentation. So it tells you a lot about how somebody prepares, how they present, how they think, and, and, and also how they respond to some questions, which is the second piece here as far as asking questions. That's a very powerful and overlooked tool as the, as the owner. Because, again, come back to a comment I made earlier, Jack, that we say all the time where the, the owner feels pressure at times to have all the answers. And, and when some like people are constantly – you know, berating them or barraging them with, with questions about stuff. How do I do this or what's going on here? And, and, you know, it can be just, it can be overwhelming. And so you feel the need to respond to all those things. Well, as an owner, it's very powerful if you're able to ask questions. And a great way to kind of tee up a question is is two of your favorite words together, Jack, which you, you taught me years ago when we teach a lot of our clients this, which is you start with the phrase, I'm confused. <laughs> Right, I'm confused. Usually gets followed by a question, right? But it, it's a great, a great way to get somebody's attention because our culture, especially here in, here in the U.S., is not geared towards admitting that I don't know something. So to, to actually sit up and say I'm confused, all of a sudden, you know, and, and what we typically find too is if I'm in a room full of eight people, if I'm confused. Chances are somebody else or most everybody else in the room is confused too, but nobody wants to raise their hand and say, I don't know what the heck you're talking about, Jack. So that's always and a great when, way to... When the opportunity passes and they didn't raise their hand and they know they're confused, then they, they start to feel guilty because their opportunity passed to say, yeah, I'm confused too. <laughs> it's, it's amazing the dynamics in, in speech and presentations and uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch it. We have a lot of fun. Absolutely. So be sure to, 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 to ask questions. If you aren't sure how to kind of get it started, again, throw that out there. I guarantee it's, it's one of those showstoppers, Jack. It's very similar to our, our tongue depressor with a stop sign on it for, 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 uh, for a WPI to kind, of, to kind of get a doctor to stop. You hold up that tongue depressor and they stop. If you say, I'm confused, 
people usually stop and say, okay, wait, what's, you know, what's Adam confused about? Let, let, let me try to help him figure this thing out. Or thanks for saying something because I'm, I'm sitting there smiling and nodding because I don't know what the heck you're talking about, but everybody else seems to, so I don't, I don't want to be the dummy in the room, so I'm not going to say anything. So be, be very conscious that, hey, as the owner, as a leader, it's not only okay for you, but it's, it's really you know, incumbent upon you to be asking questions of people. Even if you know the answer, you want to be asking questions because you, know, you often get some very good information as you see people responding to what you're asking or to be able to admit, hey, I don't have, I don't have all the answers here. It's, it's, it's a good way to engage the team and kind of bring them in and let them open up a bit. Say, well, if the boss doesn't know, let me throw some ideas out. And you know that that, that that can help a lot with 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 things like brainstorming, which again people don't do enough of. They don't just have time to kind of let's figure out let's let's put a problem up, a problem or, or a challenge up or an opportunity up on the whiteboard, Jack, and let's kind of let's spend an hour kind of talking through it and kind of throwing ideas at it to see if we can't you know if we got six minds in this room, the six of us working together for an hour, we're gonna come up with some pretty good stuff in the course of an hour. You find time for those kind of things because they're very important to kind of see what's going on. And, and the, the, the ideas now don't become my idea or your idea or Sean's idea or Ron's idea. It becomes our idea because we're all adding to it because it's up there on the board. And it becomes very, very powerful to help to work through and work with your people. It's a fantastic way to do that. Yes, it does, definitely. So there's no... There's no deep, dark secrets with uh, putting on good presentations and planning, directing, and controlling your organization. It's just taking some basic, simple concepts and defining them for your team with your team. Brainstorm. Spend a half a day brainstorming, and maybe next week do it again and do it again. All of a sudden, you have what's important to your organization and what's important to be reported on simply with some periodic, periodic basis, which is scheduled out for the whole year. And by God, you keep those dates, and you treat them like they're important and committed to. And you can watch your company kind of just swell, swell with pride, swell with communication. And that's the base you work on. Very, very powerful. So our, our our theme today has been has been how to work through people and you know from from a bigger picture standpoint, Jack. I was thinking about this a little earlier today, and and we just had pitchers and catchers report for Major League Baseball, and they're starting spring training up for six weeks, and you have these pro athletes, and here they are going to spring training every year instead of just kind of going out there and starting to do stuff. Here they go, and they spend six weeks working on the basics, the fundamentals. And I'll tell you what, folks, what Jack and I spend our days doing is helping the owners of companies work on the basic fundamentals of the business. Because if you do those fundamentals well, and our seven keys to, to success are geared towards that, if you do those fundamentals well, you're going to have success. And success is defined as growing sustainable profits. And, Jack, we did it again. The fast hour in radio has kind of come and gone by. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud and amazed you. You made it through the whole hour. Thanks for kind of joining me on this, Jack, and, 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 and man, here virtually. Man, it's been fantastic. <laughs> and I want to thank our audience for, for joining in and listening again on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can catch us every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you want to give a hold of us in between, when we're not here in the studio, you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com.